Welcome to my podcast, Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, an interior designer with a passion for managing construction projects, large and small. My mission is to empower women, both homeowners and interior designers, to manage renovation projects like a pro. My goal in sharing my knowledge and experience from working in the field for the past 29 years will allow you to avoid the mistakes I have seen and go into projects confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your projects will be as smooth and as successful as possible. In last week's episode, I dove into the frequently asked questions I hear from designers, everything from what's the difference between renovation and construction to the different types of roles interior designers take on in renovation management work. And today we're going to step into that further and start talking about how to take the lead on your next project. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. So as I mentioned last week, I covered a lot of questions I was hearing from designers about the specifics of renovation management or construction management. And you will hear me use those terms interchangeably because as I mentioned last week, you cannot renovate anything without doing construction work, right? So they, to me, are interchangeable. So I don't want anyone to get hung up on, well, I do construction work and I don't renovate because I do ground up homes. It is really the same beast, the same animal, and you go through the same steps managing both of those projects. So what I do hear a lot, and I've even been hearing this current week, is how do I get started? I don't understand how I define my role on projects. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about a renovation project that a designer is taking the lead on. What does that mean? That means that there isn't a very large construction company that has identified a supervisor for the project who will be doing most of the scheduling, most of the larger purchasing, and things of that nature. That's a different role for an interior designer, and we will talk about that in another episode. And what I hear most from designers is that they are managing the projects themselves. So therefore, it's a smaller project. It may be a kitchen and a bathroom renovation or a small addition. And they're left wondering, how do I establish myself as the lead on this project? And I get it. It is intimidating to be the only girl on the job site. And so you automatically are slightly insecure about your footing on the project. But here's the thing. I had a beloved grandmother who had a saying that I subscribe to and think about often, and that is start as you mean to continue. So I've applied that in almost every aspect of my life, right? As far as children and my pets and my husband, if I give in to my dog too often, well, then she's going to assume I will give in each time. Same with other areas of my life. And one of which I believe wholeheartedly this applies to is the role of an interior designer on a construction project. So what do I mean by that? 
Well, if a designer shows up on day one feeling insecure, not really sure of what she's doing, doesn't have everything organized, is sort of hemming and hawing and not taking the lead, and the contractors are yucking it up amongst themselves, and really nothing's being accomplished, then that is the role that these contractors are seeing the designer in, right? They're seeing them as, okay, she's going to be here, but we're going to really figure it out on our own. If we have questions, sure, we'll ask her. And okay, she brought some drawings and I think I saw some specs along the way, but there's really nothing in total. We're not sure if everything's here, but we'll, we'll work it out, guys. You know, we do this all the time. That is not a strong footing to start from because inevitably communication will break down, the progress will break down, and the client who has hired the interior designer to take the lead will be disappointed in the results. That doesn't mean that the project won't start, continue, and have a finish, but it does mean it's not the experience that the client had anticipated hiring an interior designer to run the project. So how is the best way to start? Well, the best way to start any project is to actually take the lead. Now, taking the lead may look different for every project. I spoke with a designer who was doing a project a little over two hours away from her. So taking the lead was a little over two hours from her, but the contractor and the architect were local to the project. So in that scenario, taking the lead was her establishing that while the contractor is there on site, that she gets the first phone call when something is going wrong, or even if things are going well, that she is actually the first step in that line of communication. And that, for her, will be taking the lead. Now, when she's on the site itself, and if you're working a local project, then taking the lead looks like what you think it does, right? You walk in, you are organized, you have bringing all of the assets that you need to run that project that you have at that time to the job so that you can review them, so that you have access to them if they have questions, That can be the drawings, the elevations, the specifications, the selections, if there are already some that are pre-selected. Who is working on this project? Their contact information. Don't assume that the plumber and the electrician know each other and therefore have each other's contact information. These may seem like trivial moments, but frankly, it puts you in charge of the project when you are the one who has the ability to disseminate this information right? Okay, plumber, this is the electrician. I've worked with the electrician on X, Y, and Z project, and I've worked with this plumber on A, B, and C project. I think you two will really get together because we did the bathrooms together or whatever that commonality is. You are the one that's creating this team and this hopefully well-oiled machine that will serve you, the project, and most importantly, the client well throughout the duration of the project. So you may be nodding and thinking, sure, okay, yep, I can do that, I can do that, yep, okay, phone calls, yep, okay, introductions, yep, bring my binder with all the goods in it, yep, 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 Renee. But here's the thing. The fact of the matter is, whether we like this or not, the trades do not see interior designers in the role of project management. Whether that's fair or not is a whole nother conversation. The reality is you must assume that they will see you as the person who's going to be providing the furnishings, the accessories, the decorative light fixtures, maybe even specify some of the countertops and tiles and things of that nature. 
they are not accustomed to working with an interior designer in that management role. Now, the good news is you know this already. So taking the lead also looks like educating the people you're going to be working with. Now, hear me. I just said with. They won't be working for you. They will be working with you. And that is a mindset that you must have when you're walking onto a project. Because I can promise you not a single project can be done by a single trade. Right? You can't renovate with just a plumber. You definitely can't renovate with just an interior designer. So you need everybody on that team to buy into the fact that they are a member of a group and the group is what brings the project to fruition. So what do I do on a project where I don't know the trades? I assume they're looking at me going, what's she doing here? We don't need furniture yet. I assume that from day one and I take it as an opportunity to educate them. I'm going to tell them who I am and what I do. And by explaining to them the types of projects I've worked on before, perhaps you've worked with one or two of the trades, or perhaps you've worked for a larger construction company that they are familiar with, which can lend some credibility to you if they think, oh, well, she worked with that company, then okay, she must know what she's doing. But then you can get even more granular and talk about the value that you can bring to this team. So, for instance, I am going to paint with a broad brush and say that most contractors don't really enjoy talking with homeowners. It's just not their forte. They didn't get into construction thinking to themselves, gee, I hope I can work with homeowners who really can't make up their minds, don't really know what the marketplace holds, and I'm going to have to hold their hands throughout the entire selection process. Right now, I hope a lot of you are laughing because, yes, that's what interior designers do. But that's my point. Create the value of you being on the project. And I promise you, those guys will love having you there. Great example. We just started a three-room project in a home. And this actually is with my team. These are the guys that I have worked with for over 10 years. And demolition started. and. Gee, big surprise, not. There was a vent pipe exactly where we want to put a new doorway. Okay, well, none of us have x-ray vision. We couldn't possibly have seen it through the walls. There was no indicator in the roof or what have you. We didn't know it was there. He told me about it. I asked him for a photo. He sent me a photo. I talked to the client. I called the plumber. We made an arrangement. We're going out next week. We're going to meet to review where we're going to move that stack. Do you know how much my contractor loves me? Because he didn't have to stop what he was doing, make those phone calls, talk to the homeowner, bring her into the room, explain what happened, talk her off the ledge of her freaking out because, oh my God, there's a pipe where there was supposed to be a doorway. Then call back, schedule all these guys for the meeting, and then move forward. Nope. He just contacted me. I took care of all of that, called him back, said the meeting's on Tuesday at 8 a.m. He said, great. I'll be here. It's perfect. That is insane value that you can add to a renovation project. And frankly, it is so in our wheelhouse to be able to do something like that. I mean, come on. That is all we do all day long, right? We coordinate people, we talk clients off ledges, and we make things move forward. So that is an incredible value that a contractor likely doesn't understand that you can bring. 
And it's not his fault, right? He isn't used to working with an interior designer on a construction project. So the more that you can explain, and frankly, you can acknowledge that this may be his first opportunity to do this work. You can even joke and say, I can guarantee you at the end of this project, you're going to want me on your next one because I'm going to make this project move smoothly. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, uh, Renee, I, I don't have a lot of experience, so I'm not sure I can promise that this actually will move smoothly. Okay, that's fair. Now, there's some insecurity saying that, but it's also fair. So be transparent to a point with your contractors, right? You don't want to say, oh, I've been doing this for years and years, close to a decade, when this is your year two, right? That's never going to win over any of the guys and might get you in a world of hurt by making mistakes along the way. So you will never hear me advocate for you to exaggerate your skills, your experience, and your knowledge. But what you will hear me say again and again is you need to have the confidence that you have in your decorating projects on these construction sites. You need to have enough confidence to be able to move projects smoothly enough. And frankly, no one is gauging how smooth things are except you. A homeowner has likely not done too many projects, and this probably is the first one they've had an interior designer manage for them. So right off the bat, it will be smoother than the ones that they manage themselves. And secondly, the contractor has likely not worked with a lot of interior designers as the management, and therefore, again, has nothing to gauge it against. So that works in your favor. Now, that's not to say you can slack off and make things move slower so that you can get your footing. No, it means you still need to bring your A game, stay on top of all of the moving parts, move that project along to keep up with the schedule that was set so that the project ends smoothly. Do you see that? The difference between perfectly and smoothly are very different. And none of us should be looking for perfection. Frankly, you won't find it on a job site. So please do not expect perfection. What you want to do is grow your knowledge with each project, move a project through the steps and stages smoothly, and finish strong. And by finishing strong, you will A, deliver the product you had promised for a client, and B, you will likely have some contractors who will want to work with you again. That is the ultimate goal. Now, the last way that you can and should take the lead on these projects is to be present and to behave as an equal. Okay, so what does that mean? Be present. You're like, okay, sure, Renee, of course I'm going to go to the job sites. Now, if this is a large enough project, you know you're going to have weekly meetings. You know that after those weekly meetings, there's probably going to be one or two days where you need to go by the project, either because of an issue or to check on something or to meet a contractor or what have you. So those are obviously times to be present. But you can also stop by unannounced. You can be in the area. You can make up a reason to be in the area. Stopping by unannounced shows two things. One, the contractor doesn't always know when you're going to be there. And typically, they're not working just to that one meeting, right? They're going to be continually working. And 
hopefully they are professional enough that they would be doing this anyway. But I do find a few drop-in site visits can be valuable. One, you sometimes can prevent an issue. Be, oh, gee, Renee, I was going to call you tomorrow. I'm glad you're here today, right? I've heard that a bazillion times. Or it's, oh, oh, hey, uh, what are you doing here? And you're like, oh, no, I was just in the area, you know, I was dying to see if you'd actually framed out that doorway or what have you in order to be a part of the team, know what's going on, be available for any questions. And of course, as always, add value to situations that are coming up along the way. And then the other is to behave as an equal. And again, I know I'm definitely beating And I know I'm definitely repeating myself, but I want all of you all to hear me very clearly. You are a member of this team. Whether you put together the team or not, whether you are the lead on the team, you are still a member of the team in equal standing. So what do I mean by that? I mean, you need to go on a job site dressed for a job site. You don't go in high heels and a skirt if you're in demo stages. It's completely inappropriate. You wouldn't want your client to be doing it because they could fall or hurt themselves. You also don't want to be the one doing that because the contractors will no longer see you as an equal. They will actually see you as a liability because if you do hurt yourself or fall, they could be liable for that. You don't want to act as if you are above them in any way, shape, or form because you are not. You are a part of this team. Now, they may have to come to you for direction, for specs, for these designs. That's fine. But it's like working in another office. You don't behave as a superior and then try to build camaraderie. It just doesn't work that way, especially on job sites. Now, and I do mean this half jokingly, but my son is completely obsessed with pro football. And I grew up knowing nothing about football other than it's played over the weekend. I wasn't even sure the difference really between Saturday games and Sunday games, which my son would cringe if he heard me say that. But here's the thing. When I go to a meeting on Monday morning with quote the guys and I can actually comment on the football games that happened over the weekend their minds literally are blown. And I don't do it on purpose. It's just because I have a son who's interested in football, I too have gotten somewhat interested in football, but I know enough to speak somewhat intelligently about the different teams and what stage of the season they're in and major injuries, things like that. Now, I'm not implying that you need to become uh, interested or an expert in football, But my point is, it is a way that I can relate with, quote, the guys when there's so few things that I can relate to in all the other situations. But finding a way to create common conversations is an incredibly important tool to build that trust and community that is so valuable on every project. Not only does it make projects run smoother, I promise you, it makes projects run faster. And ultimately, you will enjoy your work 10 times more because you won't dread going on these job sites. And the minute you feel the dread, your project will slow down. Whether you're the one slinging the hammer or not, I can promise you, if you don't go to the job sites because you aren't comfortable on them, the project goes at a slower pace. So 
This is important. Designers need to have the confidence to take the lead on the projects that they are managing on their own. It is truly the first step to a successful project. And by taking the lead, starting as you mean to continue, you will see a tremendous difference in how projects are running from this point forward than projects that you ran before hearing this episode. So I want you to take notes. I want you to be thinking, how can I relate to these guys in whatever manner that may be? How can I be proactive in my communication, in my organization, in my educating those around me, and being present and behaving as an equal. I promise if you master these skills, you will come back and tell me how much more you enjoy doing what you do. And that is the goal for all of us. As always, I can't thank you enough for your time today, and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening today, and feel free to join me on social media at Davine Design in order to stay up to date on the latest happenings in my construction world. There is more detailed information on my website for my signature courses for both homeowners and designers, as well as other material to help guide you through a successful renovation project. Make sure to follow my podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a tip. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the word, leave a review and tell your friends who are starting or are mid project. And thank you again for listening today.